Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big all Monday. The week one of preseason has officially wrapped up, and man, oh man, what a first week it was, folks. We broke down all the Saturday games yesterday on the show, so if you couldn't listen yesterday, go to our YouTube channel. We got all those games broken down uh, with all the great quarterback play that we saw from the rookies to the kind of quarterback battles between the Saints, and uh, was that the only quarterback battle we got going on? Yeah, kind of, the main one. Uh, so we broke all those downs yesterday on the show, but there was one preseason game yesterday that we got to break down because this could be potential a week one starter. The Colts, Sam Ellinger and Sam Easton both played yesterday, um, and uh, we get to watch them both and see if it comes to Carson Wentz not being able to go week one, two, three. We don't think any longer than three. We really don't even think two, potentially one, potentially. But if it comes to that, who do we think should be that kind of week one starter if Carson Wentz is not good to go? We like uh, Sam Eason. Wait, is that is that right? That, why is that not sounding right to me? Sam Eason? It's Sam Ellinger. Jacob Eason, I was going to say, that wasn't sounding right to me, but Jacob Eason, we liked him kind of just before we were able to see any footage on him, but bo they both were able to kind of play hefty minutes and hefty uh, snaps yesterday, so we'll break that down today on the show. Um, if we have time, we will do an NFL team refresher. We are officially 25 days away from the NFL season starting, so we really do have to kind of get on these, uh, but you know, we gotta, you know, I'd rather talk about preseason than just kind of an overall lapse of what happened in the offseason. I would like to talk about both, but you know, time is time, and you know, we run out of it sometimes, but let's just jump right into it and see how far we get today. So let's just jump right into it with the stories of the day, and the first one up, this is, um, I don't even know what to make of this folks we get two different conflicting reports so let's see what we get here here we go so we talked um, a couple days ago on the show that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb and David Bakhtiari the Packers uh, players that you know really have a should at least have you know a high voice on what the organization is kind of doing talent wise and they all w took to instagram it was like hey let's go and get clay matthews so you know we were kind of figuring that yeah this would be a slam dunk for the packers to do it it shows great faith that they have an aaron Rodgers getting somebody that he's comfortable with that has been an impactful player here for this green bay team because we know they all want to keep aaron Rodgers for as long as they can so make them happy while you can and this is a real easy way to do so. Go out and get Clay Matthews. He doesn't even have a team. I'm sure you can sign him for one dollar. I'm sure he'll take that just to be on this team. So this is something that should really be easy. You get him on your team. He knows this team. He knows your scheme a little bit. He's familiar. Makes Aaron Rodgers happy. It seems like a win-win all around. But we get this. This one Twitter account that we, you know, decently buy into. He's got 41,000 followers. You know, he, you know, 
uh, they all watch, you know, what's going on in training camp and all that. We get a, some good information here. They've never truly wronged us. We've never truly seen anything 100% positively false that they kind of uh, tweet out. So we we st we take everything we see with a grain of salt, folks. That goes without saying, folks. Uh, but. This Twitter account says Packers players have amped up recruiting of Clay Matthews, and yes, they have. Uh, but we get that the general manager right here, Brian Gu uh I just had his name up, and I had it. I put it in Google Translate so I wouldn't butcher it, and now here I am forgetting how to pronounce it. Uh, Brian, I want to say Guntag, but it's not Guntag. Uh, Packers general manager, Brian Gutengst. It's not it. Oh, my God. It's going to bug me. I got I to gotta look it up. I'm, I apologize, folks. I literally looked it up just right before the show started, so I wouldn't butcher it. And here we are butchering it nonetheless. So let's see if we can bring this up quickly. Do I still have it in my paste? Oh, there it is, folks. Uh, here we go. Gut against. Gut against. Brian gut against. Sorry. We'll never forget that again. Brian gut against. Packers general manager Brian Guttigans said today that he's had no discussions involving a Clay Matthews reunion in Green Bay. So why? Why wouldn't you? All the players want it. You can get this man on the cheap. He's not on the team right now. So it's not like, oh, well, we have to trade and we have to give something up. You just go up and get the man. Hey, Clay, you want it? All right, be here tomorrow. All right, there. hang up the phone. He's not asking about money. He doesn't care about money, anything like that. The man is fine. I'm sure, and, uh, you know, he's a little older, so, you know, he knows his value in other teams isn't going to be that high, so it just seems like a real easy, simple decision here that the Packers should go out and get him, the, pa the players want him, but the general manager doesn't, so... Or at least not any discussion. So we'll see if Clay Matthews um, is a Packer. We've also... So these are these... Um, these uh, Instagram posts that we get from Aaron Rodgers, they post a picture of uh, Clay Matthews, you know, bring him back, you know, hey, what's up, what's going on, um, hey, Packers, you up, so we got that, and then Clay Matthews ended up responding with him kind of with binoculars saying, hey, you know, hey, I'm here, so it's really just going to be up to that Packers general manager if they go out and sign him, they already did it once, Aaron Rodgers already got one piece he wanted, maybe the Packers are like, we can't let this get out of hand because now Aaron Rodgers is turning into general manager Aaron Rodgers and we know the Packers they don't really like to give Aaron Rodgers anything so we'll see we'll see and this is definitely going to help Aaron Rodgers you know maybe decide if he wants to stay after 2022 or if he truly leaves like Peyton Manning and like Tom Brady did so real interesting but uh, so far no movement has been made on the Clay Matthews front all right and now we get this article by Aaron Rodgers, and this is going to be real interesting because, you know, if you listen to the show, we are 100% on the side that Aaron Rodgers is 100% leaving after the end of this season. But we get this real quick quote right here, and we'll go to the in the article and see what else we get. But Aaron Rodgers says, quote, last year at this time, I was looking at the season as my last year in Green Bay. And then he decided to stay because, you know, the Packers weren't really letting him go. Now, this time he kind of has an out. The Packers said, you know, we'll work with you in a trade if you still don't want to be here, but you are still under contract until after 2022. So it's going to be, you know, up to the Packers truly if Aaron Rodgers does not play here now next season, but, you know, if he's still unhappy, you know, maybe he can force his way out. So, let's go into this article right here. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is, you know, 
firmly cementing or, you know, thinking about, hey, maybe I should be here because we know Aaron Rodgers' legacy is hugely important to him. And what did two other quarterbacks do that are kind of classified as, you know, top greatest of all time? Peyton Manning and, Aaron, uh, and Tom Brady. Peyton Manning left the Colts. To go and play with the Broncos and won a ring with the Broncos. Tom Brady left the Patriots to go to the Bucs and won a ring with the Bucs. Maybe Aaron Rodgers thinking about his legacy and thinking of how maybe he can get a leg up in the debate of the greatest of all time argument. Now, I do put Aaron Rodgers above, above Peyton Manning in the greatest quarterback of all time, but I still have Tom Brady above Aaron Rodgers in that discussion. But maybe Aaron Rodgers thinking, maybe if I stay with this team for the, my entire career, win another ring or two, then maybe I can get a leg up and be like, hey, I was faithful. I didn't have to go and, you know, ring chase with a stacked team like Tom did, like Peyton Manning did. I stuck it out here through the thick and the thin. They all wanted to walk. So that that's what makes me the greatest of all time. So maybe Aaron Rodgers is slightly debating that in his head. Maybe I should stay here just so I have something on my resume that is different from all my other kind of um, competition in the greatest of all time argument. So let's go into this article right here. Going into this article, we are 100% certain <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers will not be a Packer next season. But let's see if uh, what he says here changes our mind a little bit. Maybe we decrease it to 99, 95, 90. Do we go all the way down to 50? Do we even not even know anymore? So let's see what we get here by Aaron Rodgers. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers spent the offseason embroiled in a rumor-filled spat with the Green Bay Packers about his future with the club. The disagreement ended with his return for training camp, a bluntly honest press conference about his feelings in kicking the can on his future employment in 2022. The reigning AP NFL MVP told Peter King for his Football Morning in America column that, his, that last training camp, he assumed 2020 was his final ride in Green Bay saying, quote, last year at this time, I was looking at the season at I was looking at the season as my last year in Green Bay. The setting of the camp was much different. The Packers had just traded up to draft Jordan Love in April to eventually take the reins from Rodgers. The veteran quarterback clearly felt slighted and given the accelerated rate young quarterbacks play in today's game, assumed the Packers would it would make a move sooner rather than later. Having no preseason last year for Love to show any growth and watching Rodgers dice up the NFL set up an offseason in which Green Bay Brass had no plans to part with the 37-year-old quarterback. A thoughtful, calm, confident Rodgers continued his zen approach to the situation. Mm, I guess a little zen. <laughs> a little zen. Uh, he went to Hawaii. That's pretty zenful. Uh, he spent the year controlling what he can control, which included skipping the entire offseason and throwing side shade at the front office, truly to both of those things, while not getting overly worked up about what is out of his control. Mm, I'm sure internally he was overly worked up, but, you know, calm Aaron Rodgers, you know, on the outside, cool as a cucumber, can't let anything kind of affect him. He's got no feelings. He's very stoic. So, you know, that's just what he puts out there. But here we go. 
Quote here, I mean the pe- by Aaron Rodgers. Quote, I mean the people I have to deal with every day is the staff, my teammates. I have a really good relationship with the staff. Once you get into the football season, those are the most important relationships because you're talking with them every day. I've always had a good relationship with 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 Matt when it comes to play calling and installs and stuff I like. Then obviously having offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who is a close friend in the room and a passing game coordinator, Luke Getze. Those are the most important relationships. The other one, the general manager, Brian Guten. Why did I forget it again? Gut against. Jeez, I apologize, folks. Gut against. The other one, gut against, you know. I leave space and optimism for growth and change. But, you know, at this point, my focus is just on the football staff and making sure those conversations and communications are right going into the season. So, these are some real good quotes right here. So, he doesn't have a problem with Matt LaFleur. He doesn't have a problem with, you know, anybody else. It's really just that general manager that he has a little bit of an issue with, which is, you know, something that we weren't 100% certain on because, you know, of the Jeopardy dig, you know, hey, why do we not go for it on fourth down in the NFC Championship game? So we were like, oh, maybe he doesn't like how Matt LaFleur is calling the plays and giving him truly freedom there. So it's really pinpointing on now uh, that it's really just a general manager here that Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of a problem with. So this is something that, once again, if he brings in Clay Matthews, that it could maybe mend the bridge a little bit. So truly, we need to see Clay Matthews here this season so Aaron Rodgers feels like, hey, I have a legitimate say here. We're bringing back somebody that will just not just energize our team, but just energize the fan base. Hey, we got a legend back, Clay Matthews. He's been in a Green Bay Packer his entire career except one season when he went to go play for the Rams, and then he didn't play last year. So, hey, this is just going to juice up the entire fan base, energize the game, energize our team a little bit. He doesn't have to go out there and be, you know, a starter week one, but a solid rotation, just that depth to have on the bench, and once again, a nice veteran leader that who knows what it takes to win a championship. That's real great and valuable to have on this team. So it's really going to be up to the general manager here for Aaron Rod- for really it's going to be down to the general manager whether Aaron Rodgers stays or not. And we heard kind of the quote a couple of weeks ago on the show or a couple of days ago on the show saying, you know, Aaron Rodgers saying, "Hey, you know, relationships aren't built in a day and all this, you know, regarding, you know, the Packers general manager." So it seems like it's only the front office. He's got no problem with his coaches, anything like that. Um like you said right here, um, I always had a good relationship with Matt, the head coach, and when it comes to play calling and installs and stuff like that. So he's got to say in kind of the plays and what they run and the schemes and the formations that they run. So he's got the input there. Now he wants a little bit more input on the personnel department. And why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, the man should be able to kind of say, hey, you know, like what Bruce Aarons did with Tom Brady. Hey, go out and scout these rookies here. Who do you think is going to make the better fit for us offensively, maybe even defensively if you if you truly trust what he says on that side of the ball? It doesn't mean that we're 100% going to just kind of blindly follow you, but if kind of your thinking is kind of lining up with our thinking, maybe we push him ahead, um, maybe above a spot or two, and go out and get that guy. So... 
you need communication. You need input. We say it all the time. You need input from literally everybody um, on the team. You know, they go. It, it takes a lot to win in this league to put a a good just team together that can consistently compete in this league and not not one not it's not one person alone that has all the answers you need input once again exactly what Bruce Arians did that diverse coaching staff that just really allows different viewpoints and they went out and won a ring when they finally got the quarterback situation right folks i mean there is correlation between those things all right do we get another quote right here um, yeah, so let's read the lead up. Here we go. I, uh, it's always been clear that Rodgers takes issue with how the front office operates. The difference is we usually don't hear franchise quarterbacks make those feelings so open and obvious. Rodgers is different. His play provides a vibranium shield to any retaliation and an acceptance that his future is likely elsewhere eventually allows clear analysis and expression of desires. Rodgers' issues with the front office aside, the one goal remains win another Super Bowl in Green Bay. Quote, I really do love it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have come back. I've got so many other things that I love and I'm passionate about hosting, Jeopardy, and golfing. Um, I love competing. I love practice still. I've had a really good camp last year. I felt like I started a little slow and then something clicked. I've actually had a really good camp here. I feel good where I'm at. Now, that's dangerous because we just saw Aaron Rodgers at an MVP level caliber play last season and now he's feeling like hey I got out to a slow start during last season when I won the MVP and now I'm gonna be coming out full firing guns blazing so watch out for the Packers folks uh, Aaron Rodgers is ready to be on his bullshit a little bit this season um and potentially you know win a ring and then walk away that's an option so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, some good insight here from Aaron Rodgers. Love that we're getting kind of a 100% inside look of what Aaron Rodgers is thinking because he is kind of very, you know, shelled. Turtle Rodgers shelled up a little bit. Um, so, you know, if it's just, you know, I thought it was a lot more, you know, a little bit of um, resentment or just kind of, you know, not truly believing in Matt LaFleur, but he kind of clears that up. So it's really just that general manager that Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of a problem with the front office overall. So maybe we knock it down to, you know, 90% Aaron Rodgers does not return to Green Bay next season. Um, but, you know, Clay Matthews, that decision is going to probably weigh heavy for Aaron Rodgers. So that's where we're at with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers so far. Aaron Rodgers wants a little bit more say in the front office and personnel decisions. He wants Clay Matthews, and Clay Matthews has not been signed just quite yet. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. All righty, let's move on here. Talking about the Bears again. We just saw Justin Fields' first performance in the preseason, and we loved what we saw, folks. A little bit slow start, but he settled into the game, and as the game progressed, he got better and better and better and better. He scored three points right before the end of the first quarter with only 40 seconds left. Great there, navigating that drive. He played hefty snaps, folks. A lot of snaps. He played into the third quarter. Absolutely fantastic. So, here we go, Matt Nagy, Andy Dalton remains Bears quarterback number one, and Justin Fields needs more reps with the starters, truly that. So we're, we've just got preseason one 
preseason game number one done with here. And Justin Fields played the most snaps by any rookie uh, during Saturday's kind of big games, eight games on. So let's quickly take a quick look at our bet here. Now that we know it's moving, it's on the move, we have to kind of update this on the daily uh, right after Justin Fields' game, preseason game number one. He The odds drop from him being the week one starter from plus 350 to plus 190, and it is now still plus 190. So until we probably see him take the field again, we probably don't get another drop. But like we said, you know, value you know slips just like that. So... Uh, Jameis Winston to be the week one starter is now still minus 185. So, you know, I, that's been dropping a little bit as well. Mac Jones is still at plus 250. Trey Lance is at plus 250. I don't really see that happening. We weren't really truly impressed what we saw by Trey Lance. He had the best throw of the day, an 80-yard touchdown pass, which was fantastic. But overall, it was just a little meh. I don't know if he's ready to be the week one starter just quite yet. Uh, but let's go into this article and see what Matt Nagy's saying. Uh, let's see if we get any crumbs that are kind of, hey, any Dalton starter right now, but getting Justin Fields more reps with the starters means that, you know, he's going to potentially be starting. We know he's going to be starting at some point. It's just when, and we really think it's going to be week one because any Dalton doesn't really provide anything else in that dual threat ability that we saw in preseason game number one for Justin Fields really just opened up the Bears offense totally. And Matt Nagy, you know, him calling the plays and him kind of thinking himself as kind of a Sean McVay-esque type kind of offensive coordinator play caller. Having that kind of option of Justin Fields and it just opens up the playbook. You can do so much more if you have a real solid running quarterback out here. So maybe, you know, this kind of plays a huge part into Matt Nagy. We know it's sink or swim, do or die for him this season. And he's back calling plays. You can call a lot more plays with dual threat ability at the quarterback position. So let's see what we get in this article and see what Matt Nagy is saying now on the quarterback competition here. So here we go. Chicago is buzzing with excitement following Justin Fields' performance in the preseason opener. The rookie looked calm, collected, and displayed the extraordinary element he brings to the offense with his mobility, and we truly saw that. And it was on full display, folks. It was great. Despite calls for Fields to leapfrog Andy Dalton and immediately begin the, begin the 2021 season as the Bears' starting quarterback, Coach Matt Nagy is sticking to the plan. Dalton will be the week one starter. Yes, we know he says that. We don't really believe it whenever he says it. So let's see if he kind of does the backhanded compliment. Yeah, Andy Dalton is a starter for week one right now, but, you know, tomorrow things could change. Let's see if we get another kind of one of those quotes. Monday morning, Nagy reiterated his stance that Dalton is QB1 with Fields remaining the backup heading into Saturday's second preseason game versus the Buffalo Bills. Quote, it is the case. And I think for us to focus on the day by day and just everything that goes into it, focusing on the day by day. Yes, Andy Dalton is the starter right now, but we're going to focus on the day by day. Folks, there's 25 more day by days until week one. So 25 days, that a lot could happen, folks, when they're taking it day by day, day by day. This is why we're so confident that Justin Fields bet to be the week one starter because it always, Matt Nagy always says this. Yes, Andy Dalton is the starter. He is going to remain the starter. But we are taking everything day by day, 25 days until week one. So, 
Let's continue on here with the quote. And I think for us to focus on the day by day and just everything that goes into it, the only thing that those guys care about right now is just being great at the position. And if you ask all three of them, and that's what they're trying to do. And I'll always go back to when we evaluate those guys at that position, we're evaluating the entire package. I think Andy had six plays. It's hard to say much good or bad about that with six plays. We're going to get him some more snaps this coming preseason game. And with Justin, I go back to what I said too. We want to be able to see live plays, live situations. He got that. The only thing he can do is to continue doing that and what we have to make sure that plan allows us to evaluate how well he, he does knowing those circumstances. Ultimately, in the end, whatever is best for the Chicago Bears is in the end what we are going to do. Taking it day by day. Ultimately, I know we just said, I mean, folks, in that just this quote, it was only six plays by Andy Dalton. We're going to give him more. He's going to be the starter. Um, we just wanted to see live plays by Justin Fields. But what's the last quote? But ultimately, in the end, whatever is best for the Chicago Bears is in the end what we are going to do. Andy Dalton does not result into wins, folks. He does not result into wins. Let's quickly take another look. I know we look at this a couple of times already, but let's once again reiterate what he's been doing here. Throughout his entire career, he had a big old 10-year with the... Cincinnati Bengals, like we know, folks, from 2011 all the way to 2019, 9 and 7, 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 10, 5 and 1, 10 and 3, 6, 9 and 1, 7 and 9, 5 and 6, 2 and 11. I mean, folks, is that anything great? Is that anything fantastic? Never more than 11 wins? And you've been kind of being the main man for year after year after year, never really getting any better? Just mediocre? Mediocrity? Never winning a playoff game? Did he ever win? I don't think he ever won a playoff game. Maybe he won one. He never won a playoff game. This man has never won a playoff game in his prime, folks. Now he's 33. And now you think he's finally going to start stepping up and start winning playoff games? Whatever is best for the Bears is what they are going to do. Well, if you just want to win in the regular season for 10 games, Andy Dalton's your guy. Never getting, you know, deep playoff run. Never being expected to win the championship. If that's what Matt Nagy is aiming for, then yes, go with Andy Dalton. But we know it's a win-now mode for Matt Nagy. Andy Dalton's just not the guy. He doesn't have that dual threat ability. Andy Dalton's not using his legs. What has he got for rushing yards in his entire career? He's got 1,300 yards in 10 years, folks. That's 100 yards rushing every year. That's it, 100 yards. That's a scramble play. Getting out of the pocket. That's 10 yards rushing a game, basically, folks. Less than that. Um, yards per game. 9 yards, 7 yards, 11 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, 11 yards. Folks, he's rushing for 10 yards a game. A game! That's one, oh, you know, the, uh, hey, you know, the, it's a busted play. I'm rolling out. There's nobody over the middle of the field. There's no defender. There's no linebacker in the middle of the field. I'm just going to take off. Ten yards a game, one first down by his legs every single game. That's not what Justin Fields does. Justin Fields ran for like 50 yards. <laughs> what did he do? Hey, let's, can we get that up real quick? 
I want to see what uh, Justin Fields ran with. It was like 30 to 40 yards, folks. It may be, even be more than 40 yards. Let's see what we get. Here we go. Justin Fields, where are you at? Justin Fields rushing yards against the Dolphins. Preseason game number one. We got... 33 yards. 33 yards and one touchdown. Pretty gosh dang good. Has Andy Dalton ever rushed for 33 yards in a game in his entire career? Ever? I don't think so. Can we quickly take a look? Let's see rookie year. Rushing. Oh, he had a 32-yard. Oh, he had a 48-yard game. All right. All right. All right. Rookie year. Week 15. 48 rushing yards. Didn't rush for a touchdown, though. Unfortunate. So, I mean, folks, I mean, it's just there's no reason to start Andy Dalton is the overall point there. What is the reason? What does Andy Dalton do that Justin Fields does not? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Everything Andy Dalton does, Justin Fields can do. So, that's where we're at. Actually, um, what did Andy Dalton do in the passing game? He went 2 of 4 for 18 yards. 2 of 4 for 18 yards. Dink and donk. Not even 20 yards on two completions. 50% completion percentage. Classic. Classic Andy Dalton. Oh, come on. What else do we get here? We get anything else? We do. We get another couple of quotes here. So let's keep on going here. It's the time of year when NFL coaches adhere to their offensive plan. Off-season plan, insisting on not overreacting to one preseason performance, Nagy is sticking to that script. Along with Nagy noting that Dalton will get additional reps this week, the team also wants to see Fields work more with Allen Robinson and their starters. So why, why, if you're so adamant and truly planning on keeping Andy Dalton as the week one starter, why take more first team reps away from Andy Dalton and give them to the backup? Because you know he's going to be playing sooner rather than later. Quote here by Matt Nagy. Quote, I think that's real. He said when asked the value of getting Fields reps with the starters. I think you need to look into that. You need to be able to see, okay, not only so much to see that within the players because he gets some of that in practice right now, he's getting some of that. But also, it would be good to see what he does versus the first team defense. When you combine both of those together, that's... Again, kind of the evaluation process. There's zero scheming going on right now in the preseason. Zero. That's a lot. That's not a lot of tape watched. There's plays that are called to see if people can win one-on-ones. Can they or can they not? That's that balance of just trying to figure that out. We want to see the strength of these players when they're playing. So yes, I'd say a little bit of that with his own players and also who he's playing against. So once again, getting a good look against a true first-team defense. What can he do? What can he do with his full starters? Having Allen Robinson. We know Allen Robinson is great. He made Mitch Trubisky look good, so I'm sure Justin Fields can be looking great throwing to Allen Robinson as well. All right, one more quote here. Uh, let's read the lead-up. Watching Fields, it's understandable the 
palpable excitement from Bears fans who have long pined for a franchise star under center. The rookie who said, the rookie who said after the outing, the NFL game was, I don't know, some uh, this doesn't seem right. Whoever wrote this, I don't know. I, I'm running into, I feel like, a lot of like errors, grammatical errors. Kevin Patra, I don't know. Maybe double-check this reading sometimes. Um, all right, back to this, though. The rookie who said after the outing, the NFL game was actually slower for him than anticipated. Displayed poise and elite arm talent. His athletic ability offers an element of elusiveness in playmaking Nagy's offense lacked. So once again, that dual threat ability, Matt Nagy didn't really have that with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles and now still doesn't have it in Andy Dalton. And overall, they don't have the best weapons. I mean, when we look at this Bears offense, they've got some good pieces. Nothing like a Dallas Cowboys or a Rams team. Nothing like that or a Chiefs team. They've got good pieces and bringing that dual threat ability just elevates it even more. Allen Robinson, their number one wide receiver, but then it's Darnell Moody and Marque, uh, Marquez Goodwin, nothing really good. Demir Bird, who's I think is like five seven, five nine. So it's like they and they got Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham at the tight end position and Jesse James. That's a pretty solid tight end, you know, kind of room right there. But then we get the running backs of David Montgomery and Tyree Cohen. It's like once again, nothing else truly that great. Spice up the offense. You can do a lot more. The read option. It just frees up the offense, and it freezes the defense. You know, showing more on offense for the defense to have to kind of cover. Or we got to cover this man, and then we have to cover the read option for Justin Fields, and then we have to, you know, uh, cover the deep ball because Justin Fields can make the deep ball, and then the running game, and then the tight ends. They've got kind of three good ones, and then once again, the running game of Justin Fields. So you're just making that defense even hard, work harder because they've got so much to cover. It's easy for coaches to ignore fan excitement or media calls for young players to play. However, there is a different element when players within the locker room start to question why a rookie is riding the pine. Nagy, who was on the Chiefs staff when Patrick Mahomes sat almost the entire his entire rookie se season, insisted that won't be an issue in Chicago, saying, quote, no, because it's expected. You got to play the situation and just understand the excitement is there. I'll go back to we all want him to play really well. That's a good thing is for him to go out and play well. At the same point in time, we knew going into this that in this situation, anytime there's something that goes wrong for a guy like Andy in this situation, that that's going to be there if Justin's playing well. But no, this is something that we've planned for, prepared for, and again, Justin understands all of this, and that's what I love about him. He understands the plan. He understands the process. They all do. We asked him to go out and play well on game day live. So, once again, everybody knows the plan. The plan is kind of seeming like Justin Fields will play this season. It's just when. And once again, you know, leaving these quarterbacks out and not playing them until week four, week five, that hurts the quarterback overall because then you're going into games where defenders had five weeks to prepare for a live game scenario where Justin Fields didn't have that. And now he has to kind of play catch up while playing on a rookie year. Look at Jalen Hurts. He didn't play the best, you know, because he was started like week 10. It does hurt the offense overall in the team overall 
overall, in the player overall. Matt Nagy, do or die season. They must make the playoff this season. They must start winning consistently. They must be showing a lot on offense to move the ball and to score points. And if you, you know, play Andy Dalton for the first four weeks and it's not going well and then you make the switch and now we're at kind of a two to three game kind of buffer period for Justin Fields. Now we're at week like eight, nine and nothing's really solid in your what? Four and five, maybe three and six, something like that. And, you know, now the media's on you. Now you're trying to kind of win. Now you're trying to push it even more. You're trying to, you know, do things a little bit faster, faster pace than what you really wanted to because you need to win because you've already got six or five losses in a 17 game season. So I, I don't think there's any, there's no upside to start Andy Dalton. There's zero, zero upside. So we'll see what Matt Nagy does. But once again, he's still kind of sticking to the same script of, hey, there's a plan in place. Andy Dalton's our starter. We're taking everything day by day and we'll do what's best for the Bears at that time. So. I'm not buying into it. I'm not buying into all this Matt Nagy stuff. Justin Fields will be the week one starter. Just go out and bet it, folks. Just go out and bet it. He looked good out there, folks. He looked good. And now he's getting more reps with the ones on offense and going against the, you know, starting defense as well. So he's just going to be getting better and better and better. And, you know, Andy Dalton getting more snaps in preseason game number two. Let's see what he does out there because if Andy Dalton's not going out there and looking magnificent, why not start Justin Fields? If Andy Dalton was going out there, going like 10 for 10 for 250 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and looking absolutely fantastic, then yes, maybe you start him. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that, folks. Doesn't do that. Justin Fields already had 33 rushing yards in a game. Andy Dalton had 48 his rookie year. That was the most he's ever done in his rookie year. I'm sure that was probably the most he's ever done in his career, but we're not going to go through all 11 seasons, of the, 11 seasons of Andy Dalton, even though we could, and we probably should. I won't, I won't endure y'all to that. Maybe I'll do that today after the show. But there's no reason to not start Justin Fields, folks. That's the point. What's the point? What is the point? If y'all, y'all send me it. Send me your best point that Andy Dalton should be the week one starter. Please tell me that because I'm not seeing it. All right, <clears throat> let's keep moving on here. And another kind of rookie quarterback. Now, we liked what we saw from Justin Fields, and this is kind of why we keep on saying he should be the week one starter. We do not think Trey Lance should be the week one starter. He had a real great throw, but overall, his overall performance was very, very lackluster. We did not like it that much, um, really at all. We loved that one big throw. We fell in love with that big throw. Best throw of the entire weekend was by Trey Lance, but that was it, one throw. And now we get Kyle Shanahan uh, quote here. Kyle Shanahan says Trey Lance will get more first team reps quote when I think it feels right. So we get two differences here, folks. Justin Fields, he's going to get more reps with the first teams compared to Trey Lance. He'll get more reps with the first team when I think it feels right. And so far, it's not feeling so right here with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. So let's see what Kyle Shanahan has to say now after preseason game one is done uh, with this rookie and Jimmy Garoppolo kind of quarterback battle that's not really seeming to be a quarterback battle anymore. 
Here we go. Trey Lance offered a glimpse of what he can bring to the San Francisco 49ers offense with a gorgeous 80-yard bomb in the preseason opener versus Kansas City. And that's exactly what we're talking about, folks. The best throw of the day was that bomb. It was fantastic. He threw it on the left hash, 45 yards, all the way down the field uh, to the left sideline. Fantastic. And it goes for the touchdown. It was beautiful. Following the up-and-down performance from the rookie signal caller, truly up-and-down. Nothing great. Uh, a lot of more downs than I would say up. Following the up-and-down performance from the rookie signal caller in his debut, Coach Kyle Shanahan was asked, asked Sunday during a press conference call what it might take to increase Lance's reps with the first-team unit. Quote, I don't know. I haven't really defined that for myself either. Just when I think it feels right, when he seems ready, when I think the team seems ready, I mean, we'll continue to mix him in there, but I don't plan on doing that completely. But Trey, what he showed in that game is, you know, I wish I could have left him there longer. I know he enjoys playing, and he's only been able to play one game in over a year, but I think it was good for him to get out. I think he started out good, got a little excited sometimes, which he does, uh, and you get a little excited. Some of your technique and stuff you lose, which is which will be fun to watch with him. Trey's a guy who's tough on himself and loves to correct things, and since we've had him, he's been very good at correcting mistakes. So once again, we're not getting that, you know, Kyle Shanahan is going to give this man more reps. We get that with Matt Nagy. So once again, just the differences here between the rookies and how they're competing and how they're looking. Justin Field is just looking more ready now, ready week one, ready to take these more reps. Matt Nagy saying like, yeah, we're not at the point yet. We're not really ready to give Justin Fields more reps with the ones. No, it's Justin Fields is going to get more reps with the ones. No question. All right, one more quote. Let's read the lead up here. Lance offered some sparkling throws, displaying a live arm and good accuracy. He completed just 5 of 14 passes for 128 yards. So, I mean, folks, just look at those numbers right there. 5 of 14, that's trash, <laughs> absolutely trash, for 128 yards. One pass was an 80-yard bomb. So he completed 4 of 13 for about 40 yards. Nothing great. That's real bad, folks. That's not good. That's not something I'm going to buy into. That's not what Justin Fields did, folks. Justin Fields, 14 of 20 for 142 yards, one touchdown, and then he also had five rushes for 33 yards and another touchdown. So no interceptions, even though he kind of got bailed out. It wasn't a perfect performance by uh, Justin Fields, and we kind of you know gave him a B plus. We couldn't give him an A because he got bailed out twice, once on a fumble that kind of went out of bounds, and one on an interception that should have been picked but wasn't. So we couldn't. He did make some mistakes. He got bailed out a couple of times, but overall was still playing real solid out there. All right, back to this article. The rookie also took four sacks, which Shanahan noted came from holding the ball too long. Quote, yeah, I think the worst one was the one down in the red zone. They did an all-out blitz, and we were in an empty formation, and he's got to get rid of that to his hot throws. So that was the main one that was on him. On the other ones, you can always get rid of it when someone doesn't hold up in protection too long, but I think it would have been tough to, especially some of the down and distance we were in, but we, but the, but there was one that he definitely needed to get rid of just because of the blitz that they brought. So 
Trey Lance didn't have the best showing, the best outing yesterday, uh, two days ago during preseason. But, uh, you know, they're still planning and rocking with Jimmy Garoppolo. We've heard from Kyle Shanahan say, yeah, this really isn't a quarterback competition. We're sticking with Jimmy G. It's truly looking like that, you know, Trey Lance is just out there, just on this team, just in case Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured. I don't think teams really kind of buy into the backup quarterback enough. I mean, when we look at the 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 Cowboys backup quarterbacks, I mean, they're all trash. You know, gosh forbid if that, you know, Dak Prescott's shoulder injury was worse than it actually was, the Cowboys season would already be over. And then we're kind of looking at the Steelers backup. If Big Ben, you know, something happens, you know, they're screwed. Their season is truly over. We're not buying Dwayne Haskins. We're not buying Mason Rudolph at all. So, this 49ers team, who have really just been at the cusp of the Super Bowl over the last couple of seasons, you know, got to the NFC Championship game, got to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, ended up losing, um, you know, a solid year last season, except for all the injuries. So they're, they are a good team, but you need a good quarterback. So that's why we believe that they drafted Trey Lance so high in this year's draft. They're like, we're not going to go trade for one. We're going to potentially get Jimmy Garoppolo's replacement, but we're also going to get kind of an insurance policy if he, you know, gets injured like he has proven the last couple of years. So I don't expect Trey Lance to be the week one starter. Uh, DraftKings has his odds at plus 250 now. Justin Fields is under that at plus 190. This is correct. This is how the odds should have been at the first place. Um, and we took advantage of the great odds at plus 400 for Justin Fields. But uh, can't really see Trey Lance being the week one starter. Don't really see Trey Lance starting until Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured if he does. And uh, we'll keep an eye on this you know, quarterback competition if there is one here in the 49ers. All right, let's keep moving on here. Talking about the Jets here. Now they're starting to talk a little bit. They got their first preseason win. Zach Wilson looked all right. Nothing great, nothing bad. Uh, didn't really play a lot, and he looked, uh, he looked, he looked like a rookie out there. So we expect him to get a little bit better. Uh, but we get this Jets linebacker CJ Mosley on teams sleeping on the Jets says, quote, if people come with that same mentality, they're going to get their ass blown out. Okay, a lot of talk here for this Jets team. Now they did win their first preseason game. So good for them. Yeah, they only scored like 12 points. I think they won like 12 seven. But, uh, you know, Robert Sala, first win, will give him credit, was able to kind of uh, didn't really get great production. We know their offense is still going to be a little bit limited here. You only put up 12 points, really nothing that great. Uh, but let's see what C.J. Mosley's saying here. Uh, you know, buying into the team. I've got no problem with their confidence buying into the team. But, I mean, you got a rookie quarterback and a first-time head coach, and you're in a pretty tough division. You got the Bills, who just went to the AFC Championship game. You got Bill Belichick in the division, who's never going to make it easy on you. You got the Dolphins, who should be really emerging this season as a real solid quality team, offensively, defensively, coachedly as well. So let's see what uh, C.J. Mosley's saying here. Here we go. C.J. Mosley has a message for any opponent who thinks it will be the same old Jets in 2021. Says, quote, if people come with the same mentality, they're going to get their ass blown out. That's 100%, whether we're at MetLife or anywhere else. If they think 
there's anything old about this Jets team, it's not going to end well for them. Alrighty, so buying into, like I said, I've got no problem with you, you know, buying into yourself and hyping up your own team. You have to do that. You can't be like, well, we think we're going to be alright. We may not be great. You can't be thinking that. Uh, so everyone's kind of buying into this Jets team, and that's great to hear. People are kind of buying into Robert Sala's scheme. We haven't heard anybody really speak out about Robert Sala, which is great. Um, Zach Wilson, like we said, you know, kind of, you know, made some good throws. Him to Corey Davis, real solid. Corey Davis is their best wide receiver that they have now. Ex-Titan wide receiver. All right, what else we get? We got uh, two more quotes here, so let's read some lead-ups here. For years, Gang Green has been marred in an endless cycle of rebuilding a crumbling operation that rests on rickety foundations. In the past, we've heard a similar refrain that this rebuild is the rebuild that will turn everything around for the Jets. The difference, underscored by Mosley's comments, is that this time we've primarily heard it coming from the defensive side of the ball. The faith in new head coach Robert Sala has the D believing it can quickly become a difference-making unit despite being one of the worst in the league a year ago. Mosley quote here, we're fast. That's one thing I can say, and that's fantastic. We love fast linebackers. We love fast defenses overall. So maybe Robert Sala assembled a real solid defense right here, making it real easy for Zach Wilson to just kind of be a game manager out there. Let the defense do the work. We'll get you the short fields, the great field position. Zach Wilson, just don't turn over the ball. Try to score some touchdowns. Get us into some scoring uh, territory where we can at least cash in with some threes. Uh, but let's try to get some touchdowns as well. So, quote, we're fast. That's one thing I can say. An explosive D-line that's going to get after it, especially when we get teams in second and long and third and long, even third and short, we're going to get our defensive line trying to get after the opponent's quarterback. I think we're going to be a defense that's going to make you try to throw over the top, and we're going to make you try to run the ball on us because if you don't, it's going to be a long day for your quarterbacks. And, you know, that's a little promising because we just saw them hold the Giants to seven points. And we know it's preseason. They're not really playing their starters. And the Giants didn't play any of their starters. But overall, it's how you can coach up the third and fourth strings. That's, you know, something, you know, preseason is a lot about coaching. Are you winning the games? Are you doing, you know, the offensive side or defensive side of the ball good? Um, you know, holding a team to seven points, that's real solid. I don't care if it's with the twos and the threes and the fours. That just speaks to coaching. Robert Sala was able to coach up the defense, third string, fourth string. Hey, we're not giving up any points here. No points allowed. Now, unfortunately, the offense didn't kind of get the memo here because they only scored 12 points but overall Robert Sell is a defensive-minded head coach and he coached up the defense so we give the man credit all right one more quote so let's read the lead up here an improved defense would undoubtedly go a long way in helping the Jets turn it around under young quarterback Zach Wilson yet there are still massive questions about the D particularly in the secondary still Salas players have faith in the process quote here by Mosley again We've just got to make sure that we hold each other accountable every day when we go to practice. Make sure we try to stay as healthy as possible. You know, have the same mindset, same goal to win every game. So, 
the Jets are buying in. The defense is buying in. Zach Wilson's trying to get better. We'll see what he can do in preseason game number two. He didn't get a lot of snaps. I thought, you know, the Jets probably should have played him a lot more, um, especially since we've been hearing he's been struggling a little bit in practice. Uh, so get him out there as much as you can in preseason game number one. Uh, but uh, Robert Sala was a little stingy with him. Not a lot of throws for him. Not a lot of plays for him. So we'll see what happens in preseason game number two as we kind of get more opportunities with the ones going into preseason game number three, the last preseason game. So Jets defense is buying into them. We'll see how they're all overall looking here. But uh, people are buying into Robert Sala. So that's a, that's a pretty good thing. All right, next thing up here, Dak Prescott. We got more news. We just saw him throwing, warming up against his first, uh, second preseason game against the Cardinals a couple of games ago. And then we heard the MRI showed everything was healing well. So we're kind of good. We're back good on Dak Prescott now. Quarterback Dak Prescott is expected to practice on a limited basis today. And Prescott has thrown several times on the side in recent days. We did see that. Um, but this will be the first time working in with the team since he felt soreness in his throwing shoulder July 28th. So, uh, when is Hard Knocks? Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? I think it's Tuesday. So, uh, you know, we will probably won't see a lot of footage of him throwing this week on Hard Knocks. Expect that in next week's episode. But still, we'll be able to kind of see how he's progressing, how he's rehabbing, seeing what the team medical doctor is saying. But it seems like we are all on the clear with Dak Prescott. The shoulder injury was truly nothing, a nothing burger that we write a little bit too much into. And uh, this Cowboys team has their quarterback back. And uh, Dak is back and ready to rock. And he's going to be practicing on a limited basis today. Once again, Mike McCarthy doesn't really want to overwork him. Jerry Jones kind of does a little bit, so we'll see what prevails um, as we watch Hard Knocks and see what's going on in practice. But Dak is all good now, folks. Don't have to worry about the ankle. Don't have to worry about the shoulder. Everything seems to be A-OK -okay for the man. But then we get this. Jeez Louise. Uh, we took a small step forward with Saquon Barkley. He practiced for like one day. And got us all excited. And now it's back to him not practicing. So the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, will be held out of live team drills this week. So, ugh, not really kind of going live, full contact, full speed against the defense. Still just kind of warming up and doing just some kind of walkthroughs and some drills on his own. So, ugh, this is not what we want to hear going into kind of preseason game number two. That Saquon Barkley is still not 100% in live action and we can't even really expect this man to play week one where is that odds where are those odds does Saquon Barkley play week one let's get those odds because I want to bet no and I want to cash in on that too damn so real 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 frustrating here that we may not be able to see Saquon Barkley week one and uh, you know he may not even be Good. I mean, what what was the last thing we heard? That uh, week three, the latest that he'll play, missing week one and week two. So Saquon Barkley doesn't seem to recover, be recovering very well from his ACL tear, and that's not giving us high hopes because we see Joe Burrow out there practicing real solidly, coming back from kind of the same injury. Dak Prescott totally just destroying his foot, his ankle, coming back and looking solid. Saquon Barkley. Not the, not the same here. And this is bad because he's a running back and an ACL tear. That's major. You need good knees if you're going to be a running back. Ask Todd Gurley. They threw that man in the dumpster when he has arthritis in the knees. So, 
Hopefully, Saquon Barkley can get back. Hopefully, this isn't wasted talent. But uh, the man is still not ready for live team drills this week, unfortunately. Alrighty, let's talk about the Dolphins here. Um, and this is going to tie into the running backs here. And, you know, there's a new running back up for grabs, Lamar Miller. We just talked about the Washington football team cutting him. Uh, so let's see what the Dolphins are up to here. The Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores said the Dolphins will continue to use a three-player backfield rotation. Malcolm Brown got the start in preseason game number one. Now, we love the three running back rotation. We've got no problem with it. Denver's trying to run it. The Colts are definitely going to run it. They've got three great ones. Unfortunately, the Dolphins just don't have any great running backs to really get excited about. So they're using a three running back rotation because they've got no good ones. So they have to kind of get okay production from all three. So the Dolphins backfield, we really wish they would go out and do something about it. We wanted them to draft Najee Harris to fix the problem. They didn't. I mean, this running backfield is Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown, and Salvin Ahmed, folks. This is nothing great. Miles Gaskin last year, 584 yards when he was kind of the number one back when we were kind of going between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua, a rookie and a veteran. So why wouldn't we be running the ball even more? He couldn't get it done then. Why is he going to be able to get it done now when Tua's looking a little bit better and we're going to be passing the ball a lot more? So we wish the Dolphins would go out and get a running back. We wish the Falcons would go out and get a running back as well. Lamar Miller and Le'Veon Bell are still solid options in our opinions, folks. We really think I, – I don't understand why – we still don't understand why Washington got rid of Lamar Miller. We think that's really nonsense. Lamar Miller could potentially be their best running back. They're going to be going with Antonio Gibson, but Lamar Miller as the number two, I'd take that all day in a heartbeat. So, Dolphins, go out and sign Lamar Miller, please. Falcons, go out and sign Lamar Miller, please. Go out and sign Le'Veon Bell, another good option as well. We know he's not the best in the locker room, but his on-field production, and if you kind of treat him right, maybe you get a good year mentally from the man, so you can kind of just be good for one season at running back, and then, you know, if he's having a good year, maybe he goes back to his kind of, you know, Pittsburgh days, you know, good locker room, good friend, good teammate, maybe. So, there are some options. I really don't want to go into the season here with Miles Gaskin as a starting running back. No disrespect, but I'm sorry. Um, so, we'll see what the Dolphins do here. It doesn't seem like they're going to get anybody. They're going to use the three-player backfield. Unfortunately, none of these names are Jonathan Taylor or Marlon Mack or Naheem Hines. So, it's like, mm, okay, we'll see. We'll see. That's the Dolphins' plan. Alrighty, the Patriots. Well, they just maybe hit a home run on their running back here. The New England Patriots, um, Ramondre Stevenson is getting a lot more touches today. They're practicing again today, obviously. And he's getting a lot more touches. And, you know, yeah, he ripped off a 91-yard touchdown run to end the game. Yeah, go get that man. See what he can do. He's got kind of the take the top off the defense speed. I mean, you don't run 91 yards if you ain't got good speed and getting caught from behind or getting chased over the top by the safety or anything like that. So, yeah, see what that man can do. He proved himself in preseason. You don't really have anything that great. Anyway, it's not like you have an A1 Tier 1 Derrick Henry on your team. So, yeah, get Ramondre Stevenson some more touches, and that's exactly what the Patriots are doing. So, expect more Ramondre Stevenson, and we'll see what he can do in preseason game number two if he rips off another big one or if he continues to keep growing and getting better and, you know, seeing if he can be a number one running back in this league. So, Patriots, man, they've got their running back room figured out. Dolphins still, though, though not the greatest. 
Alrighty, uh, two things left to go over here, and this one is just absolutely ridiculous. So we know the new rule of taunting, absolutely ridiculous. We got our first look at the new taunting rule here in preseason yesterday versus the Colts and Carolina game. This is just absolutely, I mean, folks, this could potentially ruin the game. This could potentially ruin football for all we, for all that we've known it to be, folks. So here we go. It's second and two. The Colts, do we have the score here? Uh, they cut off the score. I don't like that when they do that. But um, they may be winning here. Looks like they have 10 points. But either way, it's second and two. Running back takes the ball. Running back gets the ball there. He gets hit about four yards. And then he continues to drag defenders for another five, ten yards. He dragged the entire Carolina defense for ten yards. You get excited about that? If I'm dragging people for 10 yards, you better believe I'm getting up and flexing on them. And that's exactly what this running back did. He got up, said, yeah, kind of looked down at him. But that's all it was, a little bit of yeah. And the flag comes in, the ref comes in and flags the man on some nonsense. The man dragged the entire defense 10 yards. He's going to get a little excited about it. He's going to get a little juiced about it. He's going to get a little pumped about it and show off and flex and be like, that's all y'all got? That's all y'all got on me? Ah! That's what he's going to do because that's an acceptable response of dragging the entire NFL defense on your back. Says, who's tough? Get big and let's rock, baby. And the ref comes in and says, no, flag. No, that's too much. You're taunting in football? In a contact sport, you're taunting? Flag. Flag. Oh, you like that 10 yards of kind of uh, running with the entire defense on you? Well, how about you back it up 10? And then back it up a little bit, 10 more. How about that? You like that? You're still going to be taunting on that? So just ruining the game. Really? This is what we're doing now? Flagging for great plays and big energy? Folks, we've just talked about that Bill Belichick clip from a couple of years ago. Saying, hey, you know, going over tape and be like, hey, why weren't you excited? That was a big old play. You need to make your own momentum in football. Folks, this is a contact sport. You have to be ready to run into other grown physical men. Have you seen Derrick Henry? Have you seen Derrick Henry? Do you think you could just be like, wake up one morning and be like, all right, I'm going to tackle Den Derrick Henry today. No, you need to look in the mirror and be like, that man's big. But I'm bigger, and I'm going to take that man down, and I'm going to chop that man down. Derrick Henry is a freak athlete, folks. A mammoth man. Mammoth. You need to build up all your energy, all your momentum for just one time of trying to tackle him. And the refs are getting in the way of that? It's absolutely absurd, folks. It's absolutely absurd. I don't understand how you can be like, all right, yeah, you can celebrate in the touchdown after you score, and you can kind of use the football as a prop, and you can kind of, um, Juju Smith-Schuster can dance in the middle of the logo, and you can do all that. But if you run for 10 yards carrying the entire defense and you do a little flex on them, that's a, that's a penalty. Oh, 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 this is football. What do you think this is? Folks, what are we? This is a con. Do y'all not understand? This is a this is a contact sport. You have to wear a helmet. You have to wear shoulder pads, knee pads. Is that all the pads you get? Most of the pads, right there. Folks, you're wearing pads. What other sport you got to wear a pad in? Soccer, you wear a little um, 
shin guard. Little shin guard. That's it. Basketball, you got nothing. Maybe a mouth guard sometimes. Not every player wears a mouth guard. Folks, he's got pads on pads on pads. This is a physical sport, a contact sport, and you can't even do a little flex on him. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. So, uh, if they're calling it in preseason, we know they're going to be calling it in the regular season. We know that uh, the NFL told the refs to strictly enforce this, and it's absolutely absurd. If Bill Belichick is behind players pumping each other up on good plays, I mean... What's uh, like we said, uh, Bill Belichick, the most vanilla coach that there is. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Never talking, but he talks about getting energized and juiced up on a big play, celebrating, getting you know, pumping up your team, pumping up your team. It's hey, that's a good fucking play. That's how you do it. Yes, sir. It's uh, I'm not a um I don't understand it. I don't I truly under I don't understand why they did this. Um. And it's going to ruin the game. This could potentially ruin the game. I hope it doesn't, but it's going to because we, j we just get it in preseason. So, <sighs> I, I don't even want to watch NFL anymore because of this rule. And I know it sounds dramatic, and it all, but it's true, folks. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing? So, that's that. <sighs> Let's kind of uh, make ourselves feel a little bit better here. Let's end uh, the stories here. Because this is good. Tim Tebow. Can we all agree that Tim Tebow's a clown? And that Tim Tebow should be cut instantly, folks? I'm sure y'all have been seeing the bad block. We talked about it. Uh, he had a chance at a catch but couldn't jump high enough because he's only 6'2", a little shorty out there. So he's trash at catching the ball. He's trash at blocking. And that's what you need to do as a tight end. Both of those things. <laughs> Both of those things, folks. So, and you can't even do any either of those. So... Can we all agree that Tim Tebow is garbage? Can we all agree that y'all got excited over Tim Tebow for whatever reason? I don't know. Um, can we all agree that y'all were wrong? <laughs> can we all agree on that? Because we get this here, folks. We get another blocking play by Tim Tebow that he's absolutely trash on, folks. So here we go. They're down at like the five-yard line, folks. They're down at the five-yard line, and Tim Tebow wants to have a garbage block. We're talking about points, scoring seven instead of three. But Tim Tebow, I guess, is kind of happy with only three points taken away. Oh, we don't need the touchdown. Mr. Tebow, that can't even throw touchdowns. He's like, hey, if I'm not throwing touchdowns, you're, you're not running a touchdown. I'm, I'm going to throw this block. I'm going to throw this block. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw this block. Um, so here we go. Here he is, number 85, looking trash, always. I mean, look at him, folks. He doesn't even look big out there. He doesn't even look that big out there, folks. He's not intimidating. I, no, not at all. So here he is at the end of the line, getting set. Look how small this man looks, dude. Look at just how small. And this is with the second and third string out here. How? Why is he in the league still, folks? But here we go. Let's run the play. Here he is, number 85. We'll point him out. Here we go. They get down. They get set. He's going to be kind of blocking down inside and see how he misses the block. So here we go. Ball is snapped. He engages on this block right here. Look at this engage. Okay. He's off the ground. Look at this footwork. This is, this is, uh, folks, do you see his feet? Do you see what his feet are doing? He's going to get thrown to the ground, and that's exactly what happens. Here we go. Let's keep running the play. He sheds them easy. Tim Tebow is out of the play. Two, one second into the play, the man is already out of the play. Shed the block. The guy that Tim Tebow is responsible for comes and blasts the running back, and they go for like minus two yards because Tim Tebow cannot block. He can't block. He can't catch. 
please cut him. What is going on? He is taking valuable reps away from somebody else. He's not it ever. He will never be it. Watch it. Instantly thrown away. Thrown away like garbage. Like he is garbage. And it's a tight end. Look at this. Absolutely trash. Trash. Over it, man. Why is he even selling? He would have. If I was a Meyer, I would have cut him right after this play. I may have been a little respectful and waited till after the game was done. Luckily, they were at home, so you know it's not like I had to leave him at the airport or anything. But I'm cutting him right after this game. Can we be done with the Tebow talk, please? We've been over it. We never bought into it. We knew he was going to be trash, and now we're finally getting him in game scenarios of being trash. It's done. He's not going to get any better, folks. Watch it one more time. This is the... Uh, every play he was in, he had 16 snaps. All trash. All trash. Trash, yo. This man is trash. Tim Tebow, you're trash as a tight end. I don't know what you want from me. Trash as a quarterback. Trash as a tight end. I don't know how you are as a person. I don't like the persona that you give off. But um, I won't comment on your personal life. But you are trash, dude, at football. I'm sorry. Trash. Trash, trash, trash. Ch trash, Tim Tebow. T Tim, trash, Tebow. TTT, the alliteration. T -t 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 trash. Next next season, it's going to be Tim Tebow as Oscar the Grouch. We're going to make that up and put that as a canvas behind us. So, Trash Tebow is trash like we know. Alrighty, folks. Those are all the stories that we needed to cover for today. So, let's head over to the last preseason game of preseason week number one, if you want to call it that. Here we go. We got the Colts and the Panthers. And we don't have to watch anything on the Panthers because Sam Darnold didn't play. Christian McCaffrey didn't play. So we don't really care anything about that. But what we do care about is a potential to be the week one starting quarterback of the Colts. We don't think it's going to come down to that. It does seem like uh, Carson Wentz is progressing well. But we get to watch Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger, who both had pretty solid performances yesterday. We got Jacob Eason going 15 of 21 for 183 yards. No passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Sam Ellinger going 10 of 15 for 155 yards, no touchdowns, but one pick. Sam Ellinger also ran eight times for 30 yards, and Jacob Eason ran once for two yards. So, okay. But even better, NFL.com, fantastic. They have every play by Sam Ellinger and every play by Jacob Eason. So let's see and start here with Jacob Eason and see how he's looking. Can he? Do we have enough faith? If Carson Wentz is out a week or two, maybe three, can we believe? in Jacob Eason to get it done and be a game manager so the Colts get out to a hot start even without Carson Wentz and if gosh forbid something happens with Carson Wentz which isn't out of the realm of possibilities throughout the season that this man can step up and be the man so let's see who we are liking a little bit better and who truly should be the number two quarterback here for the Colts so let's start here with Jacob Eason here we go play number one Boom, boom, perfect. Just a little, nice little out route on the left sideline. Steps back, confident as he's throwing. Here we go, play number two. Ooh, pressure's getting there. Has to get rid of the ball quickly. Trying to go to Marlon Mack out of the backfield. Unfortunate incompletion. Here we go, back at it. Another little comeback route on the left sideline. All right, so everything's kind of short so far in these first three plays. Let's see if he starts to open it up a little bit. Here we go, taking the first read. 
Going with the safety blanket. Quick here. Marlon Mack out of the backfield again. All right. Pressure. Wasn't getting there. He had time to set up, but it's a quick hitter. Okay. We'll give it to him. Four or five yards. Now we get second and six at midfield. Here we go. Jacob Eason. Standing in the pocket. It's collapsing. He gets it off just in time, and it goes for four or five yards. One yard short of the first down. Here we go. First and ten now. Next drive. Play action pass. Going a little bit deeper here over the middle of the field. Threw a little bit dangerous. Seemed to be a little bit high. Defenders come up over the, over the top and break it up. Incompletion. Here we go. Ooh, this is a nice pass right here to fit it in a tight window. A slant over the middle with two defenders real close in the vicinity. And Jacob Eason rifles it in here. Boom. That's a good completion right on the money. That's a first down. No chance at a pick. No chance at a bat. Only completion. Here we go. Another play action pass by Jacob Eason. Going deeper here. Boom. Right on the mind. Oh, it's incomplete. No. Do we get another replay of this? It seemed like a good ball. It seemed like just either the receiver dropped it or it was, uh, yeah, it seemed like just the receiver dropped it. I don't think the defender punched it out or broke it up or anything. Let's see if we can take another look at it. Standing tall in the pocket. Oh, that's a great ball. That's a great ball. Unfortunate bad uh, by the tight end receiver, whoever that number, uh, whoever that player is, number 83, trash, <laughs> trash, unfortunate. But he's back out here. Here we go. Next play. Next passing play. Go! Oh, that perfect, beautiful, best throw we've seen today by the man. Fantastic. Plenty of time to throw. He's got a one-on-one -on -one matchup. He lofts it beautifully over the corner right before the safety. Big old play right there. Throw into perfection. That's fantastic. Here we go. Next pass up. Oh, over the middle of the field. Seemed to be a little bit high and behind. Not the best accurate right there. Now we get third and 13. Uh, set up screen. Okay, unfortunate. Nothing that we can judge there by uh, Jacob Eason. All right, they score three out of it. Unfortunately, Kedden capitalized with the touchdown. Oh, and then he fumbles the ball. Oh, darn. A strip sack there. Let's watch this one one more time. Did he protect the ball? Here we go. Pockets collapsing. Doesn't feel the edge rusher behind him. And he knocks it out of his hands, and they lose the ball. Unfortunate. Good, good by the Colts defense. They only give up three points on that very, very, very short field, like at the 15-yard line, 10-yard line. Um, so great there by the defense. All right, Jacob Eason on a quarterback sneak on third and one. All right, we'll take this. Let's see this one more time. Jacob Eason, quarterback sneak, baby. Third and one gets about three, two yards. We'll call it two. All right, well done. Here we go. Play action pass again. A little short dink and dunk for about four yards. We get a second and ten pass here. One step drop. There it is. A slant over the middle for only about three yards. So he's a little, uh, doesn't really like to hold on to the ball too long. Likes to take kind of the check down first read. Not trying to push the ball deep a little bit. Let's see if that clears up for the rest of the game. We get a third and ten. Oh, there we go. Great ball right there for 13 yards for the first down. Bingo, bango. That's what we're talking about, baby. Extending the drive. Now we get a fourth and one. A play action pass. Bootleg rolling out to the right. And, oh, the Panthers defense plays it absolutely beautifully. Nowhere to really even go with this ball. We can kind of take a look here. Here we go. The play action. Everything is covered. They've got two options here. This man's double covered. they got a single cover up here, but that's real great coverage going deep. Jacob Eason couldn't really run with this ball either. Unfortunate there. Couldn't pick up the fourth and one. Unfortunate.
All right. What else do we get here? Next drive here. Now they're down 9-3. Let's see if he can engineer a drive. He goes down for a sack. This is about three seconds, so definitely kind of have to get rid of the ball. Let's count the time here. Was this his fault? One second, two second, three second. Yeah, kind of got there and doesn't get rid of the ball in another sack. All right. Now we get second and 16. Tough down in distance. Clean pocket. Oh, there we go. Another great strike. He's pretty accurate with the ball when he's going, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards down the field. So his accuracy is something good, but we have to see him start to push the pace a little bit, feel feel a little bit more comfortable, standing strong in the pocket, a little bit more pocket awareness. But overall, not bad so far. Let's end it out here. Let's see how many more plays we got. A quick kind of wide receiver screen right there. Goes for about eight, uh, seven yards. Nothing on Jacob Eason. We get third and nine. Here we go. Can he? Or third and five. Excuse me. Can he pick it up? And he. Oh no! Seemed to be a decent ball. Receiver just could not catch it. Unfortunate. They have to punt there. Now they're down 15 to three. Going deep. Oh, okay. A minute 50 seconds left. Trying to do something right before halftime. This is a pretty good shot. A one-on-one -on -one matchup. Throws it pretty solidly high for the receiver to go up and get it. I'll give the man credit. Y'all know I love the 1v1s taking the opportunity. A little dump off here to the back. Out of the backfield. He gets out of bounds for about seven yards. Trying to do something right before half. We love this. Second and three now. Over the middle of the field, picks up the first down. They've got three timeouts, too, using the middle of the field. They didn't even use it. Hurry up offense. Here we go. A minute left at the 30-yard line of the Panthers. A comeback route on the left sideline, wide open for about 13 yards. Beautiful. Do they go up tempo again? Oh, that's it? We don't get to see him cap off that drive? How'd that, how'd that drive end? Right before half. They get a touchdown. All right. After the last completion play, 23-yard pass by Jacob Eason. We get a five-yard run and then another run for – do we see the 25-yard pass? Oh, there was another penalty. Okay. For 14 yards. Yeah, that was a 14-yard pass, and then they get the penalty on top of that. And then they just run the ball in for the touchdown. So Jacob Eason completing a nice touchdown drive here right before the end of the first half. Doesn't score it himself, but able to kind of put them in position to rush for the touchdown. So not bad by Jacob Eason. Nothing great. That wasn't something like, oh, wow, this man's got it. But uh, some nice throws to be made there. Now let's see what uh, Sam Ellinger was looking like. Was he looking a little bit better than Jacob Eason? Let's see what we get here. Here we go. Down 15 to 10 when he takes over here at the start of the second half. Nice little check down right there to the tight end. Goes for about 9, 10 yards. Picks up the first. Just a little dink off. Nothing big. Here we go. A play action pass. Oh, my God. Pressure got there big time. And he just kind of tries to throw it away. Jeez. Luckily, that wasn't picked. All right. Here we go. Drops back to pass. Boom. Clean pocket. Hits the uh, check down over the middle of the field, and it picks up about 10, making it now third and five. Good decision there on second down. Let's see if he can pick it up here on third and five. Plenty of time to throw, going deep, and he throws a pick. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that was real bad. Jeez. Um, this was tight coverage. Uh, really, this was not open. He tries to force it, and he doesn't uh, do it very well. He underthrows the ball by very wide margin, very big margin right there, and he turns it over. Luckily, the Colts' defense does not give up any points. Now let's see what he does here. A setup screen, so nothing on him. 
and uh, the running back takes it for about 10 yards. Now brings up third and eight. Can he pick up this first down without throwing a pick? Here we go. Oh, he's going to run for it. He's going to run for it. Sam Ellinger dives, and he picks up the first down with like two yards to spare. Well done. Well done to get down as well. Not taking a big hit. Picks up the first down. We'll take it. All right, here we go. What do we got next? Another play action pass. Over the middle of the field. Better accuracy here. Picks up the first down on second and seven. Here we go. Starting to move the ball a little bit. Next play up, we get another play action pass. Dumps it off to the running back out of the backfield. Picks up about seven. Nothing great. All right. Ooh, okay. Looking left the entire way. Coming back and looking right and overthrows the ball right there. Brings up third and eight. Can he pick this up? Let's see what he does here. Steps up in the pocket. Wants to run. Scrambling. Looking, looking. Uh, and throws a bad ball that's incomplete. So, little uncomfortable in the pocket. Doesn't keep his eyes down the field when he's kind of rushing. Kind of gets flustered and he tries to take off with it. Next play. Oh, going deep. Going deep and beautiful. Oh, this is great. Let's watch this one more time. Jeez, jeez. Now down 18 to 10. Going deep. Taking that one-on-one -on -one matchup. Throw that's a beautiful ball. That's absolutely perfection right there. Right over the defender, right in the hands of the receiver. Let's see. He throws it from his own 15, getting it all the way down to the 35-yard line. Fantastic. 35 on top of 15. That's clean 50, folks. Perfect. Now they're starting to kind of get towards the red zone right here. Going deep again. Oh, and this time just slightly overthrows the receiver. Damn. This is a nice uh, wheel route by the uh, running back out of the backfield and just overthrows him by an inch. It seems like the running back kind of slowed down a little bit. Let's track him at the bottom of the screen. Ugh, man, just a slight overthrow. Jeez, dang it. Slight overthrow. Now we get third and five at the Panthers' 35-yard line. Here we go. Going deep again. Oh, my God. What a catch. Who is that? Who is number 85? Jeez. This isn't the greatest ball. It's a good ball, but that's an amazing catch by Vaughns. Oh, my goodness. That man just earned a spot on the team. Let's get his full name and respect the man. Tyler Vaughn, three catches for 46 yards. Man, man, that's a great ball. All right, now, can he capitalize in the red zone? At the two-yard line, wants to take off and rush with it, and he does. A rushing touchdown for the man. Oh, that was a two-point conversion. Oh, so they scored the touchdown, <clears throat> rushing the ball. And then he takes off for the two-point conversion to tie up the game. That's what we love right there. Fantastic competitor right there. Takes off for it from the two-yard line. Scores the two-point conversion. Now we're tied up at 18-18. Six minutes left. Tie game. Starting at his own 27-yard line. Nice little comeback route on the left sideline. Picks up 10 yards. They're trying to drive here to win the game. Let's see what he does. Next pass up, boom, quick hitter, boom, at the 50-yard line now, first down, wide open, puts it right on him. They're driving, two minutes left in the game, three minutes left in the game. A pump fake, scrambling out of the pocket, keeping his eyes down the field, but he decides to run for it, picks up the first down on third and five. He's making some plays out here. He's doing it with his feet, but hey, he's still doing the plays nonetheless, so we give the man credit. Nice, nice. All right. Let's see how he capitalizes off on this drive. We get second and seven at the 37-yard line of the Panthers. Once again, escaping the pocket and wants to run. Okay, he's a little bit uh, 
Trying to run a little bit too much, but now we get third and three. Can he capitalize? Here we go. Pressure comes. Has to escape the pocket. He runs. He just takes off. Boom. And he slides at the 15. Fantastic. The man is smart. Love that, man. Getting down, getting what you can, and getting down. Not taking any unnecessary hits or anything like that. Now at the 21-yard line, set up screen. Receiver, fantastic. Is that Vaughn again? Is that Vaughn again? Number 85 it is. Fantastic. Then we get third and one. They try another QB sneak here. Doesn't seem like he got it. Do they get all they, uh, They're motioning. They're motioning. They're going to give it to him? They give it to him. I don't know about that. Now we get first and goal from the... Oh, wow. They're just going to uh, kneel here. Everybody's out of timeouts. He kneels down. And then they kick the game-winning field goal. So, not bad by Sam Ellinger. A little kind of uh, uncomfortable in the pocket. Looks to try to run if, you know, pressure starts to, you know, even slightly start to emerge. Overall, I wasn't truly impressed by either of these quarterbacks. Uh, so, Carson Wentz truly needs to be here. Week one, they really, I don't know if any of these quarterbacks can really come in and really lead the team. Definitely can't lead the team. Can they be a game manager? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, but uh, not the best outing here. The stats are really um, a lot better than what the film shows. Uh, some some nice deep balls, but uh, overall, just not the greatest looking. So they definitely need Carson Wentz. I, I you know I you know if Carson Wentz you know can't play the entire season for whatever reason, I'm not believing in Jacob Easing and Sam Ellinger to get this team even to kind of the playoffs. Honestly, so that's where we're at with this Colts team. We got one more thing to look at here because the Panthers, they didn't have Christian McCaffrey out there, but they did have uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, the rookie running back here. Seven carries for 80 yards, one play hitting for about 50 that we can take a look at to see how this man's rushing here. So let's see if he can kind of complement Christian McCaffrey a little bit. So we get a nice 59 explosive run. Here we go. It's third and one. At their own 19-yard line, Chuba Hubbard takes the ball. Oh, my God, gets stuffed at the line and then breaks free. Breaks free. Great speed. Unfortunately, gets chased down 50 yards down the field. But look at this man, Rock, truly stuffed right at the line of scrimmage. Maybe would have picked up the first down. No, he wouldn't have. If they brought him down, he would not have picked up the first down. Stays on his feet. Escapes the big old pile in the middle of the field. Bounces out to the right side. And that's a big old, what is this, 59-yard run right there. Bingo, bingo. Let's watch it from this angle. Yes, sir. Just does not get taken down. You love it. Finds a hole. Escapes through it. Tries to beat the last man of defense. Unfortunately, could not and gets pushed out of bounds. So he doesn't have kind of take the top off the defense speed. Solid speed. Solid way to stay on his feet. And a not bad run there by Chuba Hubbard. And we can see what he can kind of do here in the regular season because he will be on the roster. So that is the Colts and Panthers last preseason game of preseason uh, number one. For, all, for most of the teams. Let's quickly see what we've got here for week two. Any good matchups to really look for? Any kind of good uh, rookies going against good rookies? So here we go. Thursday, we got Patriots and the Eagles. We'll see how they handle it. Um, and most of these teams are doing joint practices. I believe the Eagles and Patriots are practicing together today. I know they are actually, for a fact. Friday, we got Chiefs-Cardinals. Nothing really great to look for there. Uh, Friday, also, we have Bengals-Washington. 
Eh, we'll see. We'll see. Nothing great there. Saturday, another big day of preseason football. We got Bills, Bears. Ooh, Mitch Trubisky making his return to Chicago against Justin Fields, the man that took his spot, bruh. Uh, then we get Jets, Packers. All right, we'll see what uh, Zach Wilson can do. We get Ravens, Panthers. Nah, nothing we can really look for there. Trace McSorley for the Ravens just got injured, so whoever is the third-string quarterback for the Ravens is going to get some burn. We get Falcons, Dolphins. All righty. We get Titans, Bucks, Lions, Steelers. Yeah, Texans, Cowboys, Colts, Vikings, Rams, Raiders, and Broncos, Seahawks. All right, nothing great there. No kind of rookies going against each other, competing against each other. Uh, we get Giants-Browns on Sunday. We get 49ers and Chargers also on Sunday. And then we also get a Monday game, Jacksonville versus the Saints, where we can once again watch Tim Tebow be absolutely pathetic. So we'll take that. Alrighty, folks, that is going to do it for us today. Um, let's see if there's anything breaking as we were live. Anything to talk about here? The Broncos, Javante Williams had five carries in the preseason opener. Two of the carries were for 10-plus yards. So we know um, Javante Williams, a uh, rookie out here running back, and we'll see how he kind of uh, does the running back room. We know it's going to be running back by committee with Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams in the third. All right, anything else? What do we get? 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 Anything good? Anything good? Does not seem like anything is breaking. Hunter Renfro with a great catch. Geez, great speed. Beating the corner. Easy peasy. Solid half a step on him. Fantastic. Um, does not seem like anything is breaking. So... That's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, we're back at doing a team refresher. No preseason games to watch tonight and break down tomorrow. So, we should have a little bit of free time in the show to break all that down. Uh, nice team refresher. We are running out of time. So, definitely have to get that uh, kicking into high gear. Luckily, we have a nice little start. Uh, I've done like seven or eight of them. Um, alrighty, so that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we are back live tomorrow.